Hi everyone, I'm Katie Dawson and welcome to Super Creative, a podcast that delivers candid conversations with inspiring women who are thriving in business. Today on the podcast, I speak to Araha Tamihana, owner of Maimoa Creative, a design studio based in Tauranga that is passionate about promoting the Māori language and culture through unique designs, products and resources. Her aim is to help normalise the use of te reo Māori in everyday life. In her own words, Araha is a graphic designer, hand lettering artist, wife to a passionate Māori teacher, mama, perfectionist, learner and advocate for te reo Māori. My Māori creative was birthed out of her desire to fuse two of her passions, typography and te reo Māori. To help normalise te reo Māori in Aotearoa and support other learners on their journey. As well as her business, Araha has grown a significant presence on Instagram. Using her platform of over 53,000 followers and counting to educate, advocate and celebrate Māori language and culture. She does this in the most down-to-earth, informative, clever and often really funny way. This was a special episode from me as you will hear throughout our conversation. Araha's presence on social media and the work she does has had a profound impact on me and opened my world to how I approach Māori language and culture in my own life. As well as that, I have also just been really inspired by the values-based business Araha has created, without any great big strategy or master plan as you will hear in this chat, instead being driven by her love for te reo Māori and being passionate about empowering people on their own journey. I loved this chat with Araha. I've been wanting to talk to her for so long and this was another case of me approaching her right before the birth of her third child. And so I'm so, so glad we were finally able to make this talk happen a year or so later. As well as beautiful products, My Moa Creative has an awesome blog that contains some epic resources around Māori language and culture. The website address is maimoa.nz, M-A-I-M-O-A dot N-Z, or you can find Araha on Instagram at mymoa.creative. And be prepared to take a deep dive. You will learn so much going through her content. I know you will love my korero with Araha as much as I did. Before we begin, I'd also like to thank Bookery Book Books, the sponsors of this episode and our first ever podcast sponsor. Thank you, Mandy and Bookery Book Books, so much for supporting this podcast. Kia ora Araha and welcome to my podcast. Kia ora Katie, thanks for having me. I'm going to start off by asking you to describe who you are and what you do. Ko aroha tōku ingoa, he urio no Ngātirangi nui me Ngāti Raukawa. I am the owner of My More Creative, a brand that I've created that is really passionate about promoting and normalising te reo Māori through unique products and content. In this podcast, I've started telling the guest why it is that I've wanted to get them on the podcast. So I approached you a while ago, actually, and you were just about to have your third baby. Yeah, so that's right. Like, like, you know, life got in the way. And I've been following you on socials for a while. But I was just thinking over the last couple of days about this part and, and what I would say. And I'm going to pay you a couple of compliments. So oh. just um, bear with. But no, first of all, I think I first became aware of you and your sort of social profile, let's say, over possibly lockdown or around that sort of time. Maybe that it would be around there. And and I feel like there's a lot of faults with Instagram and social media, etc. But one of the really awesome 
parts for me is that it's connected me with a lot of people, particularly women that have, I don't know, like that are constantly inspiring and educating me and changing my way of thinking or not changing, but just educating, I guess. And I feel like you and your page has really done that for me, particularly around the Māori language. And I mentioned that to you in an email last week. Oh, I'm a bit scared that I'm going to say things wrong. and But it really has opened my world to how I approach Māori language, what my relationship to Māori culture has been my whole life. I'm a, a second generation Pākehā, English parents that moved here in the 70s. I grew up in a school that there's no level of pronunciation. It would have been an araha. That very much that 80s, yeah. 90s New Zealand. And so on that level, it's been such a joy following your content. And I actually have several close friends that feel the same way. So wow. first of all, that's that compliment. But also I've been following along kind of your business journey at the same time. And, and I've often looked at your website. I've often looked at your products, all that kind of thing. But I feel like you are quite a good example of a little marketing business masterclass like I feel like in terms of your content your website I've got a marketing background and if you were gonna if you're gonna advise people on the sorts of things they should be doing for their website for their content like you tick all the boxes and you're so clever at it and then of course you've got wonderful products and I've really enjoyed watching the journey of your business over the last couple of years that I've been following you those are the reasons that I want to talk to you there's it's sort of broad but yeah thank you so much for your compliments that actually yeah really warms my heart to hear that kind of feedback and it's actually the main reason I love what I do with my business and my content is getting that kind of feedback from my followers and customers just knowing that I've been able to input into their lives and help them on their journey is yeah it's why I do what I do and thank you so much about the compliment about being good at marketing because I have no experience apart from being a graphic designer by trade so that obviously helps mm. a lot with making things look good and being in the industry for a few years but apart from that a lot of it is just trial and error and faking it till I make it yeah. <laughs> but it's good you can see doing well <laughs> yeah it's awesome so I would I just would obviously this podcast is hearing all about that journey and I always like to take it back, take it back to the beginning. Where are you from? Did you study first jobs? All that kind of thing. Yeah, take us back. Cool. I was born and raised overseas. I was born in the Philippines and raised in Tajikistan for the majority of my childhood. So yeah, that's always quite a unique thing about myself when I introduce people. They're like, whoa, you grew up overseas. I'm like, yeah, but for me, it was so normal. My parents were humanitarian aid workers. So they just brought the kids along with them, all four of them, <laughs> to a third world country just because. So that was my upbringing. And then we came back to Aotearoa when I was 11, which was quite a fragile age to figure out what my new home was and how I fit in because obviously I didn't grow up with all the typical Kiwi upbringing and I didn't go to school in New Zealand. So it, there was a lot of new stuff to take in. And one of the big, I guess, barriers was reverse culture shock so not only with kiwi culture but even just recognizing that oh yes i am maori my dad's maori my mum's dutch and i had no real connection to my maori tanga growing up overseas aside from i'd seen my dad stand up and do the haka when people asked him to but 
apart from that, it was very minimal. Didn't know how to speak Māori. So that was a big yeah, barrier for me as an 11-year-old and going into high school, just figuring out the identity side of things. And went to school in Cambridge, lived in Hamilton, studied in Hamilton, did WinTech. I actually did a year of psychology for one year because I am I love human behaviour and figuring out how people tick, but realised I'm really a creative at heart. I've always loved art. I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. So one year of psychology was interesting, but I just knew I wouldn't be cut out for any of those careers that were attached to it. So, And it's a long degree, that oh, psychology degree, isn't it? <laughs> like, and there's a lot of reading, a lot of writing, mm. and I, that's just not me. I'm a really creative person. So when I was telling people I was going to do psychology, you know, my mum was like, okay, cool. <laughs> not supportive, but um, yeah. I think deep down they knew too that you're not cut out for that. You're creative. So I moved to Wintec, did three years of graphic design. And then the year after that, I was all ready to get into a design degree, a design job, go to an agency. And then my dad approached me and he said, I want to learn Te Reo Māori because he didn't grow up with it. Will you come learn with me? <laughs> I pretty much laughed him off at the start because I had been studying for four years I was overstudy. I was ready to actually make money for what yes. I was doing. So initially I was like, no, thank you. Good for you. You go. I totally support that. And he was just wouldn't drop it. So he kept asking me. And then, yeah, I think I just had to really sit down and think about what he was actually asking me and what a privilege it was that he wanted to learn alongside his daughter. So said yes. I was like, fine, I'll do one more year of study. But it was the most intense year out of all my Four years of study I'd done for psychology and design. This one year full immersion Te Reo Māori course was just next level for my brain, for the emotional side as well. But it was definitely the start of my business ideas and where all my passion grew for learning Te Reo Māori and not only for myself but for my kids I didn't have kids at it. Kids to come. Kids to come. Did you anticipate the emotional part of it when you said to your dad that you'd do it? I've read before that you've talked about the emotional aspect of mm. of learning Te Reo Māori for you. Did you expect that? Uh, yes and no, just not to the extent of what I experienced. I think... Yeah, initially I was like just really excited to learn. I'd learned French, so I'd learned a language. I was like, yes, I'd, I've done this before. I've got this. Yeah, I've yeah. got this, but I, I really didn't anticipate how much emotional baggage was actually attached to it until I was in it. So yeah, I was probably a bit naive going into it, which was probably for the better because it got me off. But no, it was a beautiful journey. Even though it was really hard, It was it's totally formed who I am today. And yeah enrich my life so much by being able to connect with my Māori tanga on a, a deeper level of actually learning my language, which I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So from there, you do that year. It's a whole world of learning, etc. And then what happens? So after that year, I then went into design and worked for an agency in Hamilton. And then we moved to Tauranga. I worked for another design agency for two years. And that's when I started dabbling with my more creative, all the, the beginnings of it anyways. I was on maternity leave with my eldest and being a creative, I got just really itchy to just do something. 
So I think by about when she was six months, probably younger actually, I just had all these whakaro, all these ideas of how could I, you know, bring te rau Māori to life more and just everyday products. And that's where it started, yeah. Had you always had a creative practice, most of your work is hand lettering, Mm -hmm. had you done that your whole life in the background or how did that sort of part of your process yeah I think I mentioned earlier I'd, I'd wanted to be an artist when I was little so I'd always been always been really interested in drawing painting but in particular typography I don't know why I don't know where it comes from but from a very young age I'd always just love writing and creating beautiful letters and my mum said so she used to be one of my teachers when I was younger um and we used to do spelling tests and I'd focus the whole spelling test on the, writing a beautiful title as opposed to focusing on the actual tests. So yeah, from a very young age, I'd always been really fascinated with letters, art, drawing. And when I did start Wintech, I started out thinking I was going to come out with an art degree, not a design degree. But the first year I realised, oh, actually, I think design is a lot more suited to me. Yeah. So I'm really glad I made that decision because Mm -hmm. I love being a graphic designer. It's, yeah, definitely suits my personality a lot more. Okay, so you've started dabbling, you've had your first child, you've started playing around with some ideas. What what happens from there? From there, it was just basically trusting my gut and actually launching products to the public. So, yeah, obviously I'd had a big tattoo, a play around with what I liked. Being a designer, it was quite nice having complete freedom of what I what I could create. So I started with greeting card designs. Just since it was a really simple idea, te reo Māori on a greeting card. That's all it was. But it was because I couldn't find any. So that's where the idea started of me just getting really frustrated with not seeing enough Māori products in our everyday lives and available to us. And from there, I moved into art prints as well, all hand-lettered. And I think when I launched, I only had greeting cards. And I was just so in in the creative mode that I had no experience in growing a business or starting a business or launching products. I really had no clue what I was doing. But I loved what I'd produced and I just, you know, hoped everyone else would as well. So it was quite funny when I launched. Do you remember how many you had? How many types of cards? Uh, five, I think. And did you get some printed or were you thinking I'll print? Yeah, no, I had them all. Well, because, yeah, because when you're printing, you, you often need to buy in bulk for it to be worth it. So I bought a whole bunch. Do you remember how many? No, nah, it would have been 200. It wasn't here because I, I knew it was still a very new business. But I just had really big dreams. I'm like, yes, they're going to do amazing. Launch day was January 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. It was just crickets. Right. <laughs> Did you make a website? Yeah, I had a website yeah. and everything. So that was my yeah. official launch day was yeah. launching the website. Spent hours and hours, obviously, being a graphic designer. I wanted everything to look perfect. Yes. And I had started posting stuff on my Instagram. I'd never had a personal Instagram up until that point, so I didn't even know how to use it. Um, right. I was like, okay, post photos can't be that hard. But yeah, it was just really fascinating when I look back at that moment and how naive I was, but also how how beautifully optimistic I was as well. Yeah. I just believed in my products. And yeah, I guess I could have probably, I had lots of really good feedback leading up to the launch saying, oh, love your products. I love what you're doing. Love this, love that. 
but that doesn't necessarily turn into customers. People can love your stuff, but when it comes to actually buying products, it's a whole nother level to step up to. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was my humble beginnings. <laughs> and I think from there, I was just, I definitely, I've never gone to a point where I wanted to quit. So I could have easily been like, oh, everyone hates it. Just let's just stop this. But I had a few really loyal customers that would buy stuff. So (laughs) that's probably what kept me going too. And just being really consistent on my Instagram and showing up every week, posting something and dreaming to make more products, adding to the range because I knew just greeting cards was a bit of a small pathetic not pathetic but that's a small product yeah and just group. very yeah. low profit margin yeah. i'm not going to pay that much for a greeting card so i knew i had to add to my range if i wanted to get it anyway cool so next lot of products was art prints yes yeah so art prints i think were a few months later launched a few of those designs and then I just kept coming up with more ideas. What else can I put today on Māori on, basically? Um, yeah. But I think from there, I started building a really loyal and engaged community on Instagram. And what I love is being able to ask for their feedback and asking, what do you want, actually? I might make something that I love, but I, I really wanted to know what other people were after. So, yeah, I think that's where a lot of my products have come from, is just hearing what other people are wanting in their lives. I launched a Te Reo Māori game end of last year and that was also a product of that had come from people sharing that they wanted more games in Te Reo Māori because they really aren't enough, in my opinion. <laughs> there are big... Oh, well, actually, I don't know if it's a big part of your work, but part of your offering is also custom work, isn't it? So is that a big portion of your work and how did that come about yeah actually yeah that's a good point I forgot about that (laughs) that used to be quite a big part of my work actually I don't take on as many just because they're quite time consuming so I only open up for custom prints once a month but the first probably or the second year of business is when I really started amping that up and offering it to customers so pepeha prints so people could order to have their customized personalized whakapapa and then Fakatoki, so people would, they could basically get whatever they wanted hand lettered. So that started just from my love for hand lettering and wanting to be make it available to people to have to display on their walls. And it's also just a really, my unique point of difference, I think, is no one can copy my handwriting. So no, I like yeah. My work. And I guess it is a form of art more than it is just an art print. It's the merge of the two. Yeah. I feel like as well that you've shared that journey on your Instagram as well, like the actual creation of a lot of this stuff before a lot of people, like it's very common now to watch people in the process of their work, but you've been doing that right from the early days. And I can only imagine that's also part of the attraction for your customers is seeing how you do it and just seeing it come to life. Yeah, definitely. I think I've been pretty much from the beginning really intentional to show a lot of behind the scenes not just for how I create my products but also the day-to-day of how I run the business I love watching people's behind the scenes so I figure okay I'll just share snippets of my day as well and I find that resonates with a lot of people just I think it, it adds a human aspect to a business so as opposed to just seeing it as this big what's well, not a big business but 
as opposed to just seeing it as a corporation or company, they see the person behind it because it is only me really at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. From an outsider looking in, it does look like there's been quite a deliberate move to now incorporate education as part of your business. It's not now just, here's a product I make. Yeah will you buy it? It's also, this is our world we are passionate about today on Māori and promoting it and educating people. When did did that sort of shift start to happen? Yeah, to be honest, I think it was always one of the values from the very beginning was wanting to not only promote te reo Māori, but in the same breath, it's by promoting you're helping people learn it that, that haven't been exposed to it before. So I think... It was always actually one of my values from the very beginning, but I think I started putting more effort into creating content around the education side of things. Probably, I'd probably say in the second year of business, when I just saw or realised how hungry people were for little mini lessons, even things as simple as pronunciation help. I think I started posting a lot of little Instagram stories offering to help people with pronouncing just a single word and they would post one that they're struggling with. So that really blew up and that's when I realized, wow, there's people here that just want like little bite-sized bits of content that can help them with pronunciation and just really basic things. So I'm I'm quite fortunate that I married a, a Māori teacher. So he's been really helpful in guiding me in the process of not just speaking to their Māori, but being able to teach it as well to others. Yeah. I think I've got so many of your videos saved in my, <laughs> because I think that was, like I talked about before, that was one of, I think probably my first entry levels to you was that, like, yeah. oh, that's how you say it. And yeah. I need to, it's because of you, I say tauranga, taupo. I was really proud of myself about a year ago. I was on a work call and I'm going to say it wrong now because I'm under pressure. But the <laughs> hardest one for me is Rotorua. I know I'm not saying it quite right, but it's my hardest one. And I said it seamlessly in a call and I got off the phone and I was like, yes, I was so proud of myself. But I feel like all of that is from the education I've been getting from your videos. So it's so cool. Yeah, it's been really important. So you went back before and you did mention that those were the ones that sort of blew up. Mm. Yeah, you've got 50 odd thousand followers, maybe slightly more, 58 or something like that. That's a big chunk. When did the, when did it go from 3,000 followers to that? How yeah. did you do it? No. <laughs> I guess it is a lot. I think I have to keep reminding myself because I, I really don't, I'm not fussed on the number that follow me, but some people will bring it up and remind me like, That's, you have so many followers. I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. When you mm-hmm. think about the number. But in terms of when, like, when it actually started growing the fastest was honestly when I accepted that I probably could just show my face more. I I actually hated being in front of the camera and showing my face. And I think even if you look back way at the start of my Instagram, you hardly see my face. And I was quite intentional about that. But then, yeah, I think I might have posted one or two videos of me talking and showing my face. And people, they obviously seeing another face, you just connect a lot better. So I realised I... Probably just had to put my big cool panties on and just give it a go. And you wouldn't think that now because I have my face all over the place now. <laughs> um, 
but deep down I actually really don't enjoy it <laughs> but when I started posting reels that's when I saw a big exponential growth in my following and not just because I was showing my face it's because I was really intentional about the content mm. and the cope up the meaning of what I put into each reel so I, it always came back to my brand and into my values and what I was trying to promote, which was te reo Māori and supporting learners. I think that was a big part was learners felt really seen and valued and heard. And I'm really proud of you too, that, that you took <laughs> those lessons on board and that you were able to implement that into your everyday life. And the more and more you do it, the more natural it will become. Mm. So I've you. even got my husband who is only 45 but I call him a boomer and he's I've even got him and he'll be like he struggles with it but he'll be like how do you say it again topo and and I'll hear him trying to say it and and he's really he is really trying because he knows I keep going babe you've got to do that (laughs) it's very sweet I think Um, the hard part is with people that have only ever heard it one way like tauranga oh that even hurts for me to say it like yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's all they've ever heard it's actually a lot harder to unlearn something and relearn it than just to mm. learn it fresh, like a kid would learn it. I, yeah, I really acknowledge people that have put in that effort because I know it's a lot harder to unlearn what you're used to because that's your, to your ears, tauranga is like your norm. So mm. having to tell your brain, like, no, that's not it anymore. Throw that out. It's the repetition as well. Like you've got to just... It, it's. I remember at first it, it just sounding so, and I you feel stupid because yeah. you feel like you're saying it wrong, and you feel like people look at you because yeah. obviously there's a bigger culture of saying it how we've always said it, and so you start saying, and you know, and you do, you feel, and the, and then all of a sudden it just becomes natural, and then it rolls off your tongue, and that's just the way you say it. Yeah. And but it is, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go back quickly. A comment I was going to say before is about the reels and about the content you create. I've noticed in your content, you have quite a bit of fun with it. So going from not putting your face in it and now you even do a little bit of acting, you know, like you do some cool skits and stuff like that, which again is all around that education piece, but you've made it fun. Mm. So for people, again, it's... I can see, and everyone hates the authentic buzzword and organic and when it comes to Instagram. But ultimately, that's what it is, right? As we are getting wise to social media, we are preferring to see real people being silly rather than the glamorous, glossy, Yeah, I woke up like this kind of thing and so again that's all part of it obviously as to why people relate to your content is that you are willing to have a bit of fun with it and not take yourself too seriously yeah I think I actually am a goofball at heart I just yeah not everyone had seen that side before and I just was happy to share a bit of that with the world and yeah I think it just really did resonate with people because it's just a really down-to-earth approach to not only promoting my brand, but what I was wanting to teach was the basics of te reo Māori and beyond. And you just have to have fun. You have mm. to have fun with it. Otherwise, I would just get bored. I, yeah. I don't want to create content that I'm forcing myself to do. I actually got a, a big kick. I haven't done those kind of videos for a while just because of time restraints. Life, life, yeah. Life, and I feel like I, I'm focusing on other parts of growing the business as well. And it was really good for that season and maybe I'll do more but I really love them I actually I'd get really distracted because I'd come up with an idea or find an audio that I could lip sync to and yeah <laughs> I, 
all my other to-do lists aside and like I'm gonna do three reels today and yeah. that's all I'll achieve but yeah I think if you don't make it fun for yourself then people will notice and they'll know that you're just doing it because you're forcing yourself to then it becomes very sales or very yeah. Yeah. promotion and I think we're all turning off that a little bit these days or we're seeing yeah, it very clever and very intentional with what they want to see these days mm. so. yeah well, I, lo- I love all your content. And I I, I often think, gosh, at the time it takes to do that stuff, people don't realise how much time it takes. But I think you went back to say, going back to you talking about not caring too much about that number. It's because you're not actually, I know you ultimately have a business behind it, but that's not the main purpose of what you're doing. So you're, you've got that freedom in the sense that you're not going, how many people have clicked to buy that product from that? And some people do have to do that because some business, but it's a nice place to be, Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, it is. And I think I've definitely become more aware of being able to track all that because the business side of things, like you said, but it's not what drives me. Hey, everyone. The podcast will be back in just a moment after this message from our very first podcast sponsor. Hi, super creative listeners. It's Mandy here from Bookity Bookbooks, your very own locally owned online indie bookshop, a virtual sanctuary for the book obsessed. We offer books that are chosen to challenge and inspire, selected from a wide and wonderfully diverse range of authors from home and abroad. Today, we would love to offer an exclusive discount to super creative listeners. Use the code SUPER2023 for 10% discount on our website. Visit www.bookityBookBooks.co.nz. Terms and conditions are in the show notes. Tell me a little bit about what the business looks like today in terms of products and, yeah, basically what the products look like, how many you've got, where you sell them. I know you have stockists, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so I've got a a wide range of products now that I'm really proud of. We've got a game I've had some really beautiful collaboration projects that have been some of my favorite moments of business is teaming up with like-minded people to create a product or to create content that is what I'm really passionate about. So Cardi Māori is one of my favorites. It's a pack of what Māori-inspired playing cards. So I teamed up with Kornei and then the artist Geordie Elise. And I, it was just really, I think, refreshing just working with other people because obviously being a designer and a business owner by myself, it can get quite lonely Mm. and I don't always have people to bounce ideas off. Yeah, I'm in a space now. I'm really keen to do more of those collab projects. I'm quite selective though, so I don't say yes to everything. Only things that I know will really make my heart sing. Yes, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so I have products stopped in stores all around Aotearoa, which is, yeah, really amazing to think that they're in shops now. I think, yeah, I I don't often see them, but I've got one Paddington store, actually, they're one of my top stockers that are my best supporters. Even just walking in and seeing it on display, I'm like, oh, that's, that that, that is pretty special because often- I made that. Yeah. Yeah. And just giving people the opportunity to see them in in real life because often when you're buying from an online store, all you have to go by is a photo. And yes, you can have a beautiful photo, but there's nothing like feeling it or mm. seeing the actual size of it. How many stockists do you have? Oh, good question. I think around 
20 maybe and are they people that have approached you or did you do a little push at some yeah when did you start getting stockists yeah most I'd say about 95% of stockists they approached me so I've got to form on my website now because I know some people are wanting to stock our products and that's how they find me or approach me there have been a few that I've reached out to that I think oh I think my products would look really good in your store but to be honest I haven't actually had much time lately I do want to start being more intentional about that and and actually reaching out because I'd love to have my products in more stores yeah so most of them just come to me and I'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) going back to my products question what's the makeup of the products on your website or your product range yes I still got my greeting cards my good old greeting cards I just have more of them and art print still and games I got a tea towel I did an apron at one point <laughs> and now recently I've added a bunch of digital downloads that was in response to inflation prices for getting products made everything's gone up just everything yeah. materials to get stuff made I this was, I found this was a really good way to almost test products without having to fork out a whole bunch and, and realize, okay, this is a flop. Digital products are, are where it's at for a lot That's of It's a great idea. Yeah, so they're all prints that, that people can download and print from home. Obviously, it's quite a different experience for the customer, but it was one I wanted to just trial and see how it went, and I've had some really good feedback. So that's also another offering on our website. Um Yeah, those are the main ones. That's cool. You are a busy mum. You've got three kids. What does a typical day or week look like for you then trying to run this business? Yeah, I've pretty much only got three days of actual mahi time. But I think we were discussing before about how short school days are. (laughs) Yeah, three short days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably calculate it to about 20 hour a week. So I do a 20 hour a week, which is not that much when I think about how much I have to try and fit in those 20 hours. But I think mums are very good at being really efficient with their time because they know it's quite limited. So I'm pretty com- like dedicated and what's the word? Strict with my time. So even though I work from home, I've learned that I have to just ignore all the housework when it's my time because otherwise they just merge and I just feel like I get and I'm not productive but yeah drop all the kids off so I'm usually home by about nine quarter past nine and then up until about 2 30 it's my hay time and yeah so I'll often the beginning of the week I'll take an overlook of overview of what I need to achieve any deadlines um any social media or themes that I want to focus on for the week and then, yeah, every day is pretty different. Sometimes I'll have hui, sometimes I'll, or every day I'm pumping out some sort of social media content. I'm, I like to be quite consistent with that. I might meet with my assistant. I like to call her my brand sidekick, Zoe. She's amazing. She does a lot of my admin. She's also got a lot of experience in marketing as well and, and building up a brand. So we'll go over and look at a monthly or one, two, three monthly overview of what we want to achieve what we want to focus on, what themes, all that kind of stuff. So it's really helpful having her on board to align me and keep me accountable. (laughs) It is good, isn't it? Because then you're not just doing it for your. You've got someone, yeah, like you say, keeping you accountable. When did you bring her on? 
So initially I hired my sister last year because I was just drowning in admin. So I was like, I just need some help, especially when I went on maternity leave. I wanted the business to still carry on while I was taking care of a newborn. So I hired my sister and she did all the customer service admin. So that was really helpful. And then she had to go back to work. So I was like, okay, I need someone else. So I put the word out and a bunch of people applied. And Zoe, we actually used to live together way back. We flatted together and I trusted her. I loved her. I knew how she worked. So it was a no brainer to bring her on board. So it was just beginning of January this year. So she's been on since January this year and it's been really helpful having someone else on my team like backing me and just supporting me so that it frees up my time to actually like work on the business not in the business if that makes sense yeah absolutely one of my questions is what are the values or ethos that drive your brand but I think we've covered that so I think unless you've got anything else to say on that Uh, I think the only other thing is yeah I'm really passionate about empowering people yeah obviously I really want to support learners but it's empowering them like you said, to feel proud of themselves when they've nailed the pronunciation. That is probably one of the biggest drives of my business. Yeah. That's so cool. And it's working. <laughs> so biggest highlight so far. Who highlight. Highlights. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've, yeah, when I mentioned about all the amazing collabs that I get to do, those have been really special and memorable moments for me. I think highlight from a business perspective, honestly, is getting feedback like from you and from followers and from customers saying things like I just nothing to do with the product. That's the funny thing is it's actually got nothing to do with my products, but the content and what I've been able to share. So sometimes people say, you're the reason I signed up to Tereo Māori class this year. You're the reason that I did it. You're the reason, because of following you, I've now progressed on my journey or I've started my journey in Tereo Māori or reconnecting with my Māori tanga. And that is just like the pinnacle of success for me as a business owner, yeah. Awesome. Let's talk quickly about marketing. Again, we've sort of already covered a lot of this just from our chat, but I love marketing. I'm all about it. My question is usually, where have you found your biggest success or growth? And and I'm Mm. imagining the answer to that will be Instagram in terms of marketing activity and content. What other kind of marketing activity do you do for the business? Do you do email newsletters, all that kind of thing? Yeah, only recently though. So it's predominantly all Instagram and a bit of Facebook. I just repost all my content there, but I don't focus on it. So Instagram is the main platform that I use and it's great because it's free. I may, I think I've done like two promoted posts in my whole time in business. So I actually prefer that it's all organic. And yes, obviously it's a lot harder to get content out to people, but it's worked so far with a lot of my stuff. So Instagram, I, I honestly, I don't even, I don't have a formula or I don't even know what I'm following. I just share <laughs> stuff that I think people will like and turns out most of them do. I think another important part, I don't know if you'd call it marketing as such, but I love to involve my customers and my followers in my in the process of creating a new product or developing a new product or even just talking about certain kaupapa that might be a bit tricky and leaving the floor open for people to share their whakaaro. 
openly and anonymously as well. It's providing a space for people to be really honest and ask questions and hear from different perspectives and different sides of the story. Um, So I don't know if you call that a marketing tactic, but I know a lot of people find a lot of value in that space and that's why a lot of them show up. I guess it's a sort of a genuine, I mean, it's probably, it's helped the growth of your page, but you're building a community from what you're saying. It's not a deliberate, like the more I build the community, the more products I'm going to sell. It's not that it's, but this is a community and I'm opening a two-way conversation. It's actually funny you said that because I had made a note one of your Q&As that you did around pronunciation of Māori names in, in schools was so powerful to me. So that two-way communication thing is, yeah, I guess you're, you're right. It's not marketing as such, but it is a yeah, I don't way know of building a community. It, but I find it really valuable as well because I gain a lot of insights from my followers and customers about what they're interested in as well and, and what they want to learn more of so that I can create content, educational content that, can further them or help them on their journeys. It's two ways. <laughs> Do you, have you gone down TikTok road? Uh, yes, very recently. I think mm-hmm. only two months ago, I actually started my first TikTok. Not a huge fan. I'm so new to it. So obviously anything new takes a while to get used to, but and, yeah. First I feel like that's everyone's response. People just sigh and be like, yes, I've tried it or no, it's on my list. I know I should. And Yeah, I... Basically, I'm not creating any new content for TikTok. I'm just rehashing whatever I'm doing on Instagram. But it's just a whole other world and a yeah. whole other audience. Demographic, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely found it. It's a lot harsher than Instagram. <laughs> I think because I've yeah built up my Instagram from scratch and it feels like a really safe community that I've created. And if people are really disrespectful or whatever, then block button's quite not easy to access. Yeah. But TikTok, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole other world. And I'm not a fan at the moment. I will still post things, but I'm definitely my focus on it. I'll I'll stick with what I know is working. (laughs) And what about Pinterest? Do you utilize Pinterest? Uh, Yes, I was. I just haven't been for a while. But I think I I should. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just invest more into it because I know there's a lot of value in, in posting not the same content on Instagram. You need to be quite specific about what you post there. But mm. I know a lot of people probably could find me from yeah. posting. Especially, I think that's the perfect place for your products, really, isn't it? Because yeah. people, so many people would love to save those pins. And yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So obviously for everyone, there's always challenges in business. And every everyone's challenges look different. Could you talk a little bit about any sort of challenges you faced over your time in business and what that might look like? Yeah, I'd probably say COVID was quite tricky and I know a lot of businesses would probably be in the same boat. Thankfully, it's not like I had a a store that I had to close or whatever, but you definitely notice the change in habits of your customers and with inflation and cost of living, everyone's tightening up on on their spending which is totally to be expected so I think I've noticed that from a business perspective and and I make products that are just nice to have right they're not necessities they're not clothes or things that people want on the regular so my products are the first thing people will stop buying (laughs) yeah so that's probably been one of the challenges is how do I navigate that as a business and 
does do I look in that I think that's when I started looking into different types of products and avenues and digital downloads so that it makes it easier for customers and more budget friendly but I think yeah one of the biggest challenges was I got to a point where I used to store all my products at home in our garage <laughs> and I filled up the whole garage which my husband loved <laughs> And I was just, I, I found myself spending at least half the day just packing orders, which is a, a great problem to have. But I, I realized I, I was just keeping up as opposed to having time to think of new ideas or work more on social media and content. So I made the, probably the biggest decision I've had to make today was move all my stock to a distribution center and trust other people with it to send right. it. There's been a lot of hiccups along the way. Not, it definitely wasn't as smooth as I was hope, hoping it would be, but it has freed up my time immensely to work on the stuff that I really love and enjoy. So, yeah, that was a challenge going through that process. Yes. <laughs> um, and trusting other people with your baby is just, it's hard. Mm. Funnily enough, the the woman that I have on the podcast this week, Sophie from Honest Wolf, she talks openly about they went down the 3PL road and have actually ended up turning it back and bringing it back in because it is a hard like it's hard to find the right person the right people that will care for your babies like you do and it sounds like it's a very common thing for businesses to find that right yeah and I think it's Mm. not even just with that kind of setup but even with hiring anyone hire people that align with your values but you can never expect anyone to treat your business like you would because it's your baby and you're going to always be the most passionate about it. So yeah. I think being aware of that as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. So anyone bringing into the business is, is, a, is a challenge because you have to be really intentional with. Hmm. Why don't you love it like I love it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just different, isn't it? Yeah. Totally. Looking back with hindsight, is there anything you would have done differently if you were starting this journey again? Hmm. Maybe studied more on how to run a business. <laughs> Honestly, I, yeah, I don't know. I really love the journey. I am, I actually am someone that learns as I go anyway. So it's probably worked out for the better of just figuring it as I go. Probably means it was like grew slower than it could have, but I'm happy with where it is today. So. And especially when you've got other things in life happening at the same time. It's not from what you've talked about. You weren't like, right, I'm starting a business that's going to grow fast. You're just, I'm just testing the waters, seeing what's happening. Life's happening alongside of it. And I'm learning my lessons. So like a a business course by by trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But it's worked out. I think what else? Oh, I think I would probably hire help sooner. (laughs) And also even maybe get a mentor earlier to help guide where I went in the business. Because, yeah that's been really helpful and I I know it would have been amazing having earlier on but it's tricky because whenever you start a business you always you can only invest in so much at the start right unless you have a lot of money to invest at the beginning but I didn't I was just yeah investing your time (laughs) yeah and I was really lucky because I was also still working at the time so I managed to fit it in after my normal work hours so I wasn't relying on having Mm. income at that time and then even when I did finish working and going full-time into this business, I still wasn't making that much, but my husband was able to carry us through that period. So I, I was very fortunate. Yeah. Mm. When did you get go, when did you get a business mentor and how did you find one? 
oh, only when was it beginning of this year, end of last year, I approached. It was on my. I can't remember the name. Sorry, Māori Women's Business Woman. <laughs> I, it was online and it was I was able to get a mentor through them. But even just having someone to be accountable to, and we don't meet very often, but when we do, it's like, all right, where do you want to take this? How are you going to do this? Have you done this? It's right. boom. And I'm like, yes, I need this. I need this kind of pep talk and this um, making sure I'm on track sort of stuff. So she's even, I, I she pushed me to really focus on my product, my pricing matrix, which I had not put much thought into at all. It was just, oh, yeah, not much research behind it or whatever. So, yeah, I spent quite a bit of time working on that because she pushed me to. I'm like, man, if it wasn't for you, I probably just would have left it still. And as you do, you just keep moving on to other things, thinking I'll get around to it one day and then never do. Mm -hmm. So that's been really helpful is having someone to be accountable to. Yeah. It's like even though it's your business, it is just solo businesses, it's the hardest thing because you do need – accountability and someone to bounce ideas off and someone that is probably slightly more invested than a friend or family member yeah. that'll just be like yeah you're doing great yeah and it going in that world too yes so. absolutely who or what have been the biggest influences in your work or business what is I guess my love for te reo Māori that's pretty clear <laughs> that basically underpins everything I do with my business who? Oh, I've had lots of wonderful people throughout the journey. I, I don't really want to pick out any people in particular because there's just been so many. But I think, yeah, I want to make special mention to my husband. He's just been a very loyal supporter from the beginning, probably because he's had to be. <laughs> um, no, beyond that, though, he's, in terms of just my personal growth, he's been a really key person in my life to to. Yeah, walk alongside me as I learned it because he learned before me and has helped me and is still helping me with growing my Māori as well because obviously I did the one year full immersion course and I learned a lot but I have so much further to go and, and so much more I want to learn and even now with our kids speaking Māori and speaking more Māori I feel like I'm going to get left behind soon because they're yeah. things that I just still don't know and I have to look up in the Māori Dictionary all the time. Mm. But having my husband to be able to do that with and not just relying on myself is, yeah, really helpful. I was going to say it would be such a different journey if your husband did not speak Māori, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Like it'd be, it, it would probably change your whole Oh, life because... I probably wouldn't have made anywhere near as far as I have if it wasn't for him. Mm. And I definitely noticed that when I was doing my one-year course, I really felt for the people that had no one to go home to that could speak to them. Mm. Obviously, you can be a supportive partner and you could be supportive without speaking Māori, but it's just, yeah, it's a whole different experience when you're able to practice with someone that's there all the time and they have your best interests at heart as well to keep to getting it right, pronouncing it right, learning it right. He's a teacher, so he's pretty strict on this. It's good. It's like you've just got your in-house follow-up teacher. I love pretty it. <laughs> Are there any businesses or brands that you admire? A lot. I follow many. I follow a lot of Māori businesses, obviously. I'm all about supporting local and supporting Māori where I can. Pretty much any business that is very strongly values-based, I am a big fan of. A whole creative, I've, I followed them before I even started my business. And I have, yeah, a lot of guidance from how they do business is really beautiful. 
yeah, Waipu Road and Noir Blankets. They're just a new company, but I really admire the way they've approached business and launching products that are really meaningful and have stories behind them. Yeah. Any any business that falls in that category, I'm a fan of. <laughs> Love it. What is the best business advice you have received or do you have a key piece of business advice that you would like to pass on? Hmm. Key advice, I feel like I'm just drilling it in this session, but <laughs> if you're a new business, like wanting to start a business, or even if you're already in business, really ensuring that you have some strong values as your moral compass and using that for any decisions, whether it's small or big, always bringing it back to why am I selling these products or why do I have this service or why have I started this business? If you can't stick to that or your moral compass and it's where you're taking your business if you don't have anything to bring it back to, and that's basically how I've gotten through being a business owner. Is it's made my life, it's made my job a lot easier too when you have that moral compass to be like yes or no because if it doesn't tick does the, it fit with that yeah if it doesn't align with this then why would I want to get involved because there's been times where I might forget about it and then I'm struggling with this decision and I'm like wait I've got this if it's not aligning with I've got this framework this guidelines yeah not for me, yeah and um so yeah not only is that good for your business but it just makes your job easier. <laughs> That's great advice. That's really awesome. What is the future for your business? Where are you heading? And do you have any plans that you would like to share? Yeah, more educational content. I think, like I mentioned before, inflation and and rising costs of materials to make products is crazy. So thinking about what else can I offer? What else can I bring to the table that doesn't rely on making things? So Really keen on some more educational content online courses is definitely on the table. It's been for a while. It's just, I know it's a big job. But yeah, I'm really keen to rope my husband in to do some some beginner courses, online ones that people can sign up to and yeah, start their journey. Love that. What are you passionate about besides your work? What brings you joy? Being with my whanau, being with family. It just fills my cup up so much. And yeah, I know people probably say they've got all these hobbies and stuff, but honestly, I just love being with family. It doesn't matter what we're doing. To be fair, less people have hobbies than what we think. And for a lot of people that are busy, family and friends is often uh, something that brings people joy. Yeah, having a a nice meal with friends and family is, that fills my cup up so much. Yeah, (laughs) That's good. And what does success look like to you, personally, professionally, or both? Yeah, professionally, I think I mentioned before was is the feedback that I get from customers that has nothing to do with my product, but knowing that my business or, or what I the content that I put out changes people's lives, like actually changes the direction they take their life. That's a big responsibility. It's pretty special. It's very special and I, I don't take that lightly. Like I, I really I'm so grateful that people that share that with me. But also, yeah, the first time I started getting those comments, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is real. (laughs) Being able to speak into people's lives, even if it's just in the littlest way of helping them pronounce tauranga better, Mm -hmm. that to me is success, (laughs) successful. Um, Do you feel pressure 
with that as well, does it do you feel a weight from people looking to you? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. But I think yeah. it would be dangerous if I didn't. Yes, I think yeah. It'd be dangerous if I didn't feel accountable or realise the responsibility that I carried in this space. It's a very tricky space to be in. Especially when, you know, there's lots of different perspectives and Fakaro around Māori kaupapans especially, but even with pronunciation or with te reo Māori, that you get varying opinions about certain things. And I just, yeah, I need to be aware of that. Otherwise, mm. I'm going through it quite naively. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's, it is quite a weight, but it's one that I don't wish it ever left. Otherwise, something's wrong. <laughs> mm. That's awesome. And it's awesome that you're able to not let that weight or pressure stop you from because I think for a lot of people the idea of someone might challenge me or someone might have a different opinion to me would be really scary and it would stop you going forward so it's awesome that you able to acknowledge that but continue on in what you're doing Mm. so going back to success (laughs) we've talked you've talked about that is there anything else under that sort of success Uh, I think personally financial freedom I Obviously, from the start of only having five reading cards, I didn't get into it for the money. But financial freedom for me and for my husband is definitely one of our goals to be able to have a lifestyle where we're not grinding hard every day just to make ends meet. That's not what I want for our family. And yes, obviously, you have to work hard and we are hard workers. But being able to get to a point with my business where I can step back more and let it grow, but also give me the freedom to, to have a, a more free lifestyle, to be have more time with my kids and, yeah. Go on the school trip and not be worried about work exactly. or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, yeah, I appreciate that and recognise it for myself also. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of all the big questions. I feel like I've probably gushed enough about, about you and your work, but look, this part I've loved our chat and I've got so much out of it and like I've said to you I've got so much out of what you do so thank you for coming on the next part of the chat is a is the end but it's a smaller part and it's a bit more high lowbrow and it's just my quick fire faves just a few questions to finish off the podcast so three items that you could not live without oh oh, I remember reading that one (laughs) I don't know phone sadly I think most people probably would say that. Honestly, I don't know what the other two things would be. <laughs> Food. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Okay. Which app for business and or life do we need? Ooh, zero. <laughs> Any accounting app. Doesn't have to be that one, but one that helps with um, the accounting side of things for business has been a game changer, and I wish I'd done it earlier. <laughs> what other apps do I use? I'm a graphic designer, so I use all, like, the big stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But I know a lot of people use Canva. I've never personally used it. But any app that makes your life easier, do that one. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know, as a designer, I have just started using Canva. Another designer friend said to me, this is actually really powerful. And it's actually been a game changer. I should probably test it out because I know there is a lot of value in it and it's probably even just good to know how it all works it's actually so powerful and it's been really powerful for me anyway what have you watched lately that we must see movie wise oh i watched kokore on maori so the 
Disney film <laughs> with my daughter. And it was amazing. I hadn't actually seen the English version, but I really wanted to go because the Māori one was released last week. And I cried. Uh-huh. I recommend I have to watch it in Māori. You can even just watch the English one. Yeah, but yeah. It was really fascinating. I actually had no knowledge really about the Day of the Dead and what they do in Mexico and how they celebrate it. To me, I'd go into a Mexican restaurant and see skulls. I'm like, oh, that's a bit dark and depressing. Mm. But when I actually, watching the film, obviously it's only a very small insight into that culture. I was like, wow, it's, it's actually so different to what I thought it was. It's not all this darkness. It's actually mm. beautiful celebrating people's lives. Recommend Disney movies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. When we are in Tauranga, where do you love to go to eat or drink? When I get time and when we get babysitters, oh, we've been to Izakai. It's oh, a yes. Really, yeah, stunning restaurant. It's a fusion of Japanese and Maori food and it's highly rated. I love it there, actually. It's oh, one of there? my little favourites, yes. What are you currently listening to? Are you listening to anything and what should I add to my Spotify playlist? Ooh, oh, I, I have quite a mixed <laughs> preferences in music. I love anything reggae. What am I currently listening to? Oh, yes, you can add, this is my friend, I'm going to do a plug-in, Departure Lounge by No Reply. It's a good time. They've just okay. released it. Yeah, add that to your list. <laughs> okay, we'll check it out. Do you listen to podcasts and which podcasts would you never miss? Uh, I'm not a huge listener of podcasts, if I'm honest, <laughs> just because it takes – you know how some people can just have it on in the background and they absorb the information? I have to be so intentional when I listen to anything because I've tried where I'm like, oh, I'll just put it in while I'm driving or whatever. And if I'm not 100% focusing, nothing goes in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely it takes more effort for me, I feel, to listen to any podcast than it does for other people. Tutting a podcast is probably my go-to. It's one that does require your attention, though. It's yes. not in the background. And they're about an hour long, and it's got it's full of amazing learnings in Te Reo Māori and Te Ao Māori. Yeah, that's probably my top one. Or Everyday Māori, that's a good one as well by Hemi Kelly. Oh, yes, I follow him on Instagram too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's got podcasts as well, and that's quite helpful. Cool. What is your go-to recipe that you love to cook for yourself or others? Well, I love cooking and baking, <laughs> probably. Fry bread, not that I make it a lot, but that's like the treat food that I would make if I was blessing other people or had a big crowd coming over. Fry bread. (laughs) Otherwise, just, yeah, some nice baking, scones, cookies. Yeah. You're a baker. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I was probably a baker first and now I quite enjoy cooking as well. Cool. And are you a reader? Do you read? And if so, what should we read next? No, I'm not a reader. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. I wish I enjoyed reading, but I find it quite... Some people are like, oh, I just read a uh, book before bed to relax the mind. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) I need to concentrate so hard. Right, okay, yeah. I don't know. That's just, I've always been like that, and it it takes a lot of brain power for me. But yes, if I was to recommend a book of, of ones that I have read, Nuku is, they actually have a podcast as well, which you can run to the podcast one. But they also have a beautiful book, which is snippets of it. Oh, yeah, I've come across that. Yes. Is it 100 Māori women? Yeah. And yes. Or in, Indigenous women. And oh, it's stunning. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, that's it. Araha, thank you so much. I've loved our chat. Thank you for taking the time out of your tight schedule. I do really appreciate it. And yeah, I've just loved this conversation. So I look forward to releasing it to the world. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. And if you wanted to tell your friends about Super Creative, I would just be ever so grateful. If you'd like to keep listening, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you wanted to rate and review, that would be amazing. For more information, find us at Super Creative Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Bye.